Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, December 20th, and this is your FT News Briefing. In today's episode, we're going to listen to yield curves. Investors pour over these charts of U.S. government bond yields to find out where the world's biggest economy is headed. What can we learn by listening to them? Broadly speaking, going up is good news, or at least a kind of we're living in a normal world, flat, you're hearing some cause for concern, and then descending is a flashing warning sign. Our capital markets correspondent, Tommy Stubbington, will be our musical guide. We'll also look at new COVID restrictions in Europe and how a battle in U.S. Congress over Biden's latest spending bill will affect millions of families. I'm Joanna Gao, in for Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Omicron is spreading across Europe, and countries are moving to try to contain it. The Netherlands has imposed a nationwide lockdown, the strictest of any European country. But all are under pressure from scientists to act. Germany now has new requirements for visitors, including a 14-day quarantine, regardless of vaccination status. Ireland will have an 8 p.m. curfew for pubs and restaurants. Britain's health minister said he would give no guarantees that he would not order a pre-Christmas lockdown. In the U.S., a key senator said he will not vote for Joe Biden's latest spending package. West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin is rejecting the Build Back Better bill, in part because of the unclear cost of a child care benefit. The FT's Taylor Nicole Rogers has been speaking to people who rely on the child care checks, and she says it's made a huge difference in low-income communities. It's cut child poverty dramatically. We saw in the figures this year that poverty has gone down, which you don't expect to see when you're in the middle of a crisis. But advocates say it's bills like this that have really allowed parents to financially care for their children despite school closures, despite people being out of work. One of the mothers I spoke to said, you know, it's really unfortunate that this is ending when it is because of inflation, because taking care of children is getting more expensive and because everything in New York is shutting down again because of Omicron. So as the way she said it, COVID's not gone yet. That's Taylor Nicole Rogers, the FT's labor inequalities correspondent. One of the biggest financial markets in the world is the one for U.S. government bonds. Investors watch the U.S. Treasury market for clues as to where the U.S. economy is headed. What they watch is the yield curve, This is a chart that shows interest rates from short-term to long-term bonds. Typically, in a normal economy, let's say a healthy economy, you'd expect that line to slope upwards. You'd expect short-term interest rates to be lower than long-term interest rates. Now, that's because investors are always likely to demand a higher rate of interest to compensate them for the greater uncertainty of lending their money for decades as opposed to days or weeks. That's in a normal, healthy market. That's the FT's capital markets correspondent, Tommy Stubbington. He says the yield curve is the next best thing to a crystal ball. And the yields are not about risk. We're talking about the safest borrower in the world here, really. We're talking about the U.S. government. You're going to get paid back. So different borrowing rates, they're not telling you anything about credit risk. They're not telling you anything about the risk of getting your money back. Really, what they're telling you is about the prospects for growth and for inflation and for interest rates over different periods of time. So what it means is the yield curve effectively adds up to a sort of predictive device for where all of those things are going to be over different periods. Tommy concedes it's hard to understand. Fortunately, the FT's Alan Smith, head of visual and data journalism, turned U.S. yield curves into notes and melodies. 
So instead of talking about lines and dots on charts now, Tommy can describe what you're hearing. So in terms of how this translates into music, a lower interest rate will be a lower note and a higher interest rate will be a higher note. So what you hear when we have, as I say, a normal upward sloping yield curve is a gently rising series of notes. When we're talking about a flat yield curve, it's a bunch of notes that are roughly the same pitch. And then an inverted curve, you'll actually hear the pitch descending. It's kind of a dip, and that's bad news, right? That is bad news. I mean, as I say, it's um, it, it typically been a pretty accurate predictor of recessions. I should add that the yield curve isn't inverted at the moment. It's flattened quite a bit, but it is still upward sloping. Going back to predicting recessions, let's listen to the yield curve just before the 2008 recession. So this is a series of yield curves starting in 2007. What you're hearing here is a series of notes all at roughly the same pitch, which tells you basically that the yield curve at this point was fairly flat. Now, a flat yield curve typically uh, tells you that the market is signaling that an economic slowdown is on the way. It means that long-term borrowing costs, long-term interest rates are at roughly the, you know, the same level as short-term interest rates, which tells you that you know, investors maybe see trouble around the corner. So it's in early 2007 where you can see or hear the yield curves starting to predict what's going to happen the following year. The notes are dipping down at the start of the curve, and this is when short-term interest rates rose higher than rates for long-term treasuries. That tells us that the yield curve is inverted, as we say. Now, what that basically tells you is the market is expecting interest rates to be cut. And typically, it's expecting interest rates to be cut because it's expecting something bad to happen to the economy. Which is exactly what happened. Let's jump to more recent times. This is the yield curve starting in 2018 through fall of 2019. And you can hear it flatten and then invert. That's the sound of short-term treasury yields rising above long-term yields. That happened in September 2019. On the chart, the line dips down and looks like a shallow depression. That's the market basically telling us an economic slowdown is ahead. And when you hear the inversion, the note's actually going down. That's the market telling you that it expects a recession. And this is where we got to in 2019. Now, of course, we did get a recession in 2020, but that was because the COVID pandemic arrived. Now, I don't think even you know the most avid proponents of the yield curve would claim that investors collectively knew that the pandemic was coming. But in any case, we did get a recession. So I suppose in one sense, that the track record of the yield curve was, was preserved. Thanks to COVID, the yield curve's 50-year track record of predicting recessions was preserved. A silver lining for sure. So let's end with the melody this past year. It's interesting. It's been a pretty fast turnaround. At the start of this year, at the start of 2021, people were anticipating this roaring recovery as economies exited the pandemic. Now we're at a point where central banks are having to raise interest rates to contain very, very high inflation. But at the same time, people are much more concerned about the longer term outlook for growth. What that has meant is that the yield curve has, has flattened again. And I suppose what investors collectively are telling us here is that this economic cycle, this period of recovery after the pandemic, might be quite a short one. We might end up back in another downturn, possibly not that long after the recovery began. Tommy, you look at yield curves all the time. So what did you think when you first heard yield curves turned into sound? I mean, I think this is, this is such an important underpinning of so much of financial markets, but it's this kind of abstract thing that's difficult for you know, normal people that don't look at bond deals all day to get their head around. And one way of making it clearer to people is by setting it to music. That's the FT's Capital Markets correspondent, Tommy Stubbington.
You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.